grace and peace in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And welcome to Worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, it is a joy to be able to worship with all of you this day. Today we continue our sermon series, We Didn't See It Coming. In our text for today, we will journey with two brothers who are also rivals, and they are seeking reconciliation with one another. So let us join together and witness the ways God is inviting us to live a life of reconciliation with our neighbors and families. Let us worship God together. your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. We gather here in anticipation, seeking an encounter with our holy God, our God who comes among us how we least expect it, who invites us to wrestle with our questions and doubts, who invites us to the ministry of reconciliation, where we see our God face to face, let us worship God together. My friends, we are people born of water and the Spirit. We have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show his love to the ends of the earth and for our whole life long. Although we fail to fulfill those baptismal vows, God's faithful love endures forever. And so confident in God's grace, let us confess our sin before God. Please join me in your home worship bulletin in our prayer of confession as we offer our prayers to God. Let us pray. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason, and turn them into bonds of oppression. Lord, have mercy upon us. Heal and forgive us. Set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. 
Hear the good news of the gospel. Remember these things, O Jacob and Israel, I formed you. I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Hello there, young friends. It is great to see you. If you were paying close attention, you might notice that I've sit switched what chairs I was sitting in. The chair that I was sitting in at the beginning of the worship service, and the chair I'll be sitting in after this, is normally a lot bigger. You can see it behind me. But the chair that I'm sitting in right now is a lot smaller. The reason why I'm sitting in a smaller chair is because it reminds me of the Bible story we have for today. And it reminds me of a story I have from my childhood. See, in the Bible story today, it's about two brothers. Two brothers who fight a lot. They even fought when they were babies. Can you imagine that? And because they fight so much, it's hard for them to have a good relationship. It's hard for them to love each other. But eventually, in our Bible story today, they finally see themselves the way God sees them, as brothers, as people who love one another. And the reason why I'm sitting in the small chair today is because it reminds me of how my mom used to treat my brothers when we would fight as kids. I have two younger brothers who I love dearly, but sometimes we would get in fights. And when we would have disagreements or take things from one another, my mom would ask us to come and sit on a small chair, which wasn't very comfortable because we both had to try and fit on a really small chair, and we didn't really want to do that, and we weren't allowed to leave the chair till we said something nice to one another. So we would kind of pout there for a little bit, and but eventually we wanted to get off the chair and we wanted to play. And so we would finally see each other the way God sees us. We would see each other as brothers, as people who we love. And so we would say a nice thing about each other and then go ahead and go play. So I'm wondering if you could do that the next time that you're fighting with your siblings or fighting with a family member or a friend, if you can think of a nice thing about them so that way you can see them the way God sees them. Because God sees all of us as God's children who God loves so much. Do you think you can do that? Okay, great. Let's pray. Please pray with me. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for your love. And we pray that we remember your love always. Amen. See you, young friends. Beloved church, as we prepare to hear the word of God, let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, Fill us, use us. 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Friends, our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, the 33rd chapter, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, who are these with you? And Jacob said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, they and their children and bowed down Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down and finally Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down. Esau said, what do you mean by all this company that I met? And Jacob answered, to find favor with my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, no, please, if I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand. For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God, since you have received me with such favor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How we face things matter. One time when I was heading on a train into Philadelphia, I was seated, seated next to a family of young children. And one of the children in this family had a stomach ache. The reason why I knew that his stomach was not sitting well with him was because at the beginning of the train ride, he was a chatterbox. But as time went on, he became more and more quiet. Realizing this, I shot a quick glance over to see how he was doing, and I saw that his face had turned a pale shade of green, and he whispered the fateful words to his mom, Mom, I'm not feeling so well. I wasn't the only one that noticed this, as people were also sitting around them, and we all quickly pulled up our bags and braced for what was coming next, when a gentle and wise train conductor came over to the family and said, it might be helpful if you all face the front of the train. And once the family turned around and the kid was facing the way the train was moving, his stomach started to settle. And so too did the nerves of everybody else who was sitting around him. How we face things matter. How we prepare ourselves for what is coming ahead is important. 
And in our text for today, Jacob finally realizes this as he is preparing himself to seek reconciliation with his brother and sworn enemy Esau. The story of Jacob and Esau goes back to the beginning, as beginning as humanly possible. These two characters are twins, and they started fighting as early as in their mother's womb. The story is told that Jacob clung to the heel of his brother Esau as they were being born as a last-ditch effort to be the firstborn child and receive the blessing of their father Isaac. And when that did not work, Jacob tricked his father into giving him Esau's blessing anyway, making Jacob the heir to the promise of Abraham and leaving Esau with nothing but hatred for his younger brother and vowing to kill him the next time he saw him. That was the last time these two brothers saw each other. Until today. This blessing that they were fighting over means everything to them. It is not quite the same as Rachel or I blessing you all on our way as we leave worship together. It is more like a transition of power. Jacob has received the power and presence and promise of God on his side, along with the wealth of his father. And Esau gets nothing. Esau is like the main character of the first act of a play, only to be shown a seat in the audience to watch his brother become the shining star of the show. Jacob gets to climb the ladder and wrestle with God in the night. Jacob gets the promise to inherit Canaan. Jacob gets to literally become Israel, the name God gives him in the chapter before our text for this morning. And Jacob gets to have descendants who will be the chosen people of God for salvation of all creation. And Esau gets nothing. Jacob, with his blessing, is as big of a character as we have in the Bible. He has God on his side. He has wealth on his side. He has divine promise on his side. And when his brother finally confronts him, how does Jacob prepare himself? How does Jacob face this attempt at reconciliation? He faces the dirt. He bows down. Jacob, the man who wrestles God, the embodiment of Israel himself, steps out onto the plain to receive his brother coming towards him, and he bows. And he doesn't bow once. Jacob bows seven times, and then he gets his servants and their children to bow, and then he gets Leah and her children to bow, and then he gets Rachel and her children to bow. With all this bowing in the text, it's as if we can feel the strain of Jacob's torso bending. We can feel the dirt on his forehead, the curve of his back. This is hand and knees on the ground kind of vulnerability. This is forehead touching the dust kind of humility. And it is in this moment that I think Jacob gets it. Jacob's bowing was an act of confession. It was a confession to his brother that he wronged Esau in taking his blessing. And it is a confession to God that he tried to be bigger than his brother, 
his fellow human being. And he even tried to be bigger than all the other beings in God's creation. And through this confession, this act of humility, Jacob saw reconciliation for what it was. The glory of God in relationship. As Jacob is laying there on the ground, facing the dirt in this act of confession, Esau runs to him, embraces him, kisses him, and they weep together. And when Jacob finally lifts up his head and sees this teary-eyed human beside him, he sees him as if for the first time, not as his enemy, but as his brother, and even greater. Jacob says in verse 10 to Esau, For truly to see your face is to see the face of God. Now, we do not bow down a lot. It would look kind of weird if you were to go to your estranged aunt or your work rival and bow down in a public place. It does not really fit our social standards. But then again... Reconciliation is not what we expect it to be either. Whether it is racial injustice or familial dispute, disputes, we often think of reconciliation as a to-do list to be accomplished or as a list of books to be consumed. But what the story of Jacob invites us to realize today is that there is no act kind enough and there is no knowledge enlightening enough to attain reconciliation without confession. The confession that God created the world and called it good. The confession that God created human beings in God's image. The confession that we are all beautifully and wonderfully made in our diversity. A confession that we are not greater than that promise that we are not greater than any fellow human being on this earth. And once we bow down to that humbling and vulnerable promise, we will be able to face our neighbor and see the glory of God in their face. Christian author and Camden, New Jersey activist Michael Doyle tells a story of a white woman going to visit a friend at a hospital in Philadelphia. He writes that not realizing the cost of the meter parking had doubled since the last time she visited, she put her quarters into the meter and got less than a half an hour, which was not enough for her visit. Disappointed, she moved on, but for some reason she turned and saw an African-American man putting quarters into her meter. She thanked him, and thinking that she would get change in the hospital store to repay him after the visit, she said, Will you be here when I come back? But she was not prepared for his response. I will, he said. I live here. She followed his gaze, and there was a large cardboard box. He was a homeless man. And Doyle finishes this encounter by saying, it was a moment of inestimable respect, gratitude, and healing. This encounter could have gone a very different way. 
one where it would seem to be a normal occurrence. The woman could have seen this black man who lived on the street as someone to be skeptical of, who needed to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Or she could have seen this man as somebody who she needed to save and looks to help him even though he didn't ask for any help. But instead, she humbled herself to the point of being able to receive. And this simple gesture of receiving, she recognized their shared humanity. She recognized their origin as creatures loved by God. Like Jacob bowing down before his brother, this simple act of receiving created a space where relationship can grow, despite the cavernous differences between them of race, gender, and class. To see the face of God in another person, or in other words, to witness reconciliation. Friends, how we face things matter. If you don't want to get sick on a moving train, you should probably face forward. If you want to connect to another human being over barriers of race, class, and gender, you face them with the eyes of God, confessing that they too were created in God's image just as much as you. And we are invited into this facing, the face of reconciliation, where we are humble enough to bow down to our sibling, where we are vulnerable enough to receive from someone who is homeless, where we see not just the humanity in others, but the divine in their face. Let it be so. Amen. My friends, as we seek to see the likeness of God in the face of those whom we are called to love, let us prayerfully consider how we might offer ourselves to God and to the world. A part of that offering is the giving of our tithes and offerings to this church and community. We continue to be deeply, deeply grateful for the ways our church family has responded to the mission of this church and the community and we pray that you would continue to do so through the mail or through our online giving portal on our website. We're aware this is a difficult financial time, and so we appreciate the sacrifice that all of you have made in prayer, in volunteer hours, and through your financial gifts. We are grateful for each of you and grateful for this family of faith that we call home. Let us give generous, generously to the one in whom we live and move and have our being.
please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Confession of Belhar. Together, let us state what we believe. We believe that Christ's work of reconciliation is made manifest in the church as the community of believers who have been reconciled with God and with one another. We believe that unity is, therefore, both a gift and an obligation for the Church of Jesus Christ, and that through the working of God's Spirit, it is a binding force, yet simultaneously a reality which must be earnestly pursued and sought one which the people of God must continually be built up to attain. We believe that God's life-giving word and spirit has conquered the powers of sin and death, and therefore also of irreconciliation and hatred, bitterness and enmity, that God's life-giving word and spirit will enable the church to live in a new obedience which can open new possibilities for, of life for society and the world. Friends, as we seek to see the image of God in the face of our friends, family, and neighbors, let us turn to God in prayer. We invite you now to the portion of the Home Worship Bulletin entitled, A Pause for Prayer. We invite you to take out a piece of paper and pen, or turn to the people you are worshiping with, and we invite you to answer one or a couple of the following questions before we come back together for a collective time for prayer. The questions are as followed. Where have you seen God in the face of others? Who do you believe God is calling you to love? And what act of bowing down do you believe God might be calling you towards? We're going to encourage you to pause the video and reflect on these questions by writing your responses or having conversation with the people you're worshiping with. And when you are ready, you can turn the video back on and join us in a collective time for prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, when the world looks at us, your church, we pray. We pray that through the testimony of our lives and ministry, others might glimpse your goodness and your compassion and your justice and your reconciling hope. When we have failed to live as you command, forgive us and send your spirit to transform our hearts and embolden our witness. As the summer moves toward the fall, we admit our weariness with the ongoing threats brought on by this pandemic. We had hoped to be through the worst of this health crisis and all its fallout by now moving headlong into the events and transitions that always mark this time of year. And instead, we continue to navigate the troubled waters all around us. Unsure when this storm and all the damage it has wrought will come to an end. Quiet our anxious minds, Prince of Peace. Grant us courage for the living of these days. 
bless especially this day all those trying to return to school or who are supporting those returning. Bless students, parents, family members, teachers, administrators, support staff, and leaders in this hybrid season of work and school, in person, at home. Bless grandparents flying across the country to take on the role of teacher and caregiver in a home that needs their support. Bless nannies and babysitters and extended family members who will bring stability to an otherwise chaotic season. Bless single parents who are navigating these treacherous waters alone. Bless homes that are not safe to be in day in and day out. Bless employers with grace and creativity to support families in this time. Bless those whose cup is empty and who find themselves again this week at the end of a fraying rope. Fill these homes, O oh God, with love, light, laughter, resilience, safety, and peace. God of wisdom, intellect, endurance, give us everything we need. And if at all possible, give us eyes to see the blessing in doing so much of this season at home. We lift up to you, O oh God, you, you who counts every head on our every hair on our head, you who promises never to abandon us, we lift up to you the concerns that we hold near to our hearts this day. Hear our prayers for those closest to us for whom we worry and wonder how to support. Hear our prayers for those we love, for those we are called to love. Intervene for those who are farthest from us this day, O oh God. Call us to you now so that we may be drawn toward one another and through you made one a vision on earth of the multitude of tribes and nations united in worship and praise. Make of us rocks upon which your church stands firm, a beacon of light that provides warmth, direction and comfort to the world you love so much. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, the Christ, your son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, how we face things matter. And like Jacob bowing down before his brother, God invites us to confess the truth that we are all created in the image of God. And God invites us to see that divine image in the face of others. So let us accept that invitation and live a life of reconciliation. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those you are called to love.
this day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.